All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. Our special guest is Mario Rodriguez. Mario has more than 20 years of experience in creating value to startup companies that span many industries. He brings a unique background in food and beverage with an operations mindset. As a graduate of Babson College, Mario started his career with a software and services startup, which specialized in, in process re-engineering for clients in the finance, energy, and aeronautic industries. After logistics, logistics consulting, excuse me, Mario decided to jump into the food world and attended the French Culinary Institute, graduating top of his class. Mario jumped into the startup world with Dinner Lab as director of operations and helped scale the business from three locations to 31. His next endeavors brought him into the other facets of the food industry as a COO and co-founder in the food tech space. Mario is currently the business owner of Bootleg Avocado, offering consulting to early stage plant-based food, start, food startups on the culinary and operations side. So now, Mario, we were just chatting before we got started here, and uh, <clears throat> you've been literally all around the world since uh, over the last couple of years, and we were chatting because we've been trying to do this thing for about a year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miguel, th thanks so much for the intro and everything else. Yes, uh, yes, we've been trying to do this for over a year, as you know, uh, I've actually haven't stopped traveling, you know, since COVID. I've traveled through COVID. I travel in, in just this year, you know, with my clients and everything else. It's kind of been like everyone's pushing to get things done. Everyone's pushing to, you know, to finally meet and, and get more, more business going. So thanks so much for being patient more than anything else. Absolutely, man. So where are you now? So I'm currently in New York City. Okay. Uh, I was in Boston yesterday. And then before that, I was in the, the world tour of Chile, Germany, Austria, Singapore, and all that stuff. So yeah, glad to be home finally for, for at least a little bit. And home is New York City. Home is New York City. I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, my mom lives in Jersey. Um, so my family here, uh, but New York City is kind of my, my hub. Right on, man, right on. Yeah. So, you know, I want to tell us what bootleg avocado is all about, man. And then I want to yeah. then, yeah, because then there's these travels. You and I have been communicating over email, like, right. like over the past year. I'm like, man, yeah. Mario. And just like you said, you, you, you made it sound pretty simple, but I'm, I'm kind of, there's got to be some stories behind international travel over the, over a pandemic, during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for bootleg avocado, you know, it's basically kind of bringing everything, every sort of experience I've had in the, in the food industry and the operations sort of mindset that I bring to the table. So it really helped to uh, focus a lot of early stage startups, help them scale and grow and expand either into the US or into different locations or whatnot. So this could expand a lot of different sorts of quote unquote things uh, in the food industry. So I focus more on any sort of food operation, um, not so much restaurants. Restaurants seem like the obvious thing as, as a chef, uh, but more kind of scalability of food concepts, whether it be a consumer packaged good, whether it be a food tech platform, uh, those are the sorts of things that I really focus on. So with Bootleg Avocado, we, you know, the reason I came up with that, that name was like kind of the bootleg, the bootstrapping sort of, um, you know, mentality and, and method of, of startups that I've been, you know, a part of in the, in the past. And then Avocado just being kind of the my favorite sort of uh, fruit to eat uh, out there. So it's kind of bringing the two together. And it kind of always asks, people always ask that question, like, how'd you come up with a name? Why bootleg avocado? What's it mean? So 
I think I hit a chord with kind of that name together. So for us, you know, we really focus on early stage um, plant-based startups or startups in the food world that are really looking to push innovation forward uh, with a consciousness on the environment more than anything else. I love the name bootleg avocado, man. I dig it. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So now the travels that you've been doing. Yeah. What have that been all about? So a lot of uh, my network has grown exponentially, um, you know, stemming out of New York City, but also through other mentor programs I've been a part of in kind of the startup world. So through that, I've been able to really connect with all the international companies, people, companies within uh, countries like, you know, continents like South America or Asia even, you know, countries like Israel, uh, I've been able to really tap into some of those, um, those founders and those operations out there that are looking to come to the US. So travel has always kind of been my, uh, on my priority list of like, what do I, like, when I come up with my dream job, what do I want to do? I want to travel. I want to travel. I want to eat. I want to help uh, business grow. So like, that's why I really focus on a lot of international companies and help them come into the U.S. and show them kind of the ropes on kind of the, the best way of really approaching or penetrating the market in the U.S. So that's where kind of all the travel comes from. You know, like that's that's kind of, like I said, it's on my priority list. Like I need to be able to travel. That's cool, man. That's cool. So I know uh, I heard you say Chile and, and this past winter when we were when you were communicating back and forth, mm-hmm. you had spent a, a, a month or two in Chile, right? Yeah, and- close, close to. And I'm not asking to share any business stuff that you can't share anything, but, but sure. uh, what, like, what was the, uh, were you, were you doing, were you, were you cooking down there? Was it business side? Was it both? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of both. Um, one of my clients down there, they, they focus on a, on a plant only approach to, uh, to food. So there's, there's the, the plant-based quote unquote um, brands out there, like impossible and everything else. But there's a lot of ingredients in in those um, in that ingredients list that's not healthy for you. One, it's not healthy. Two, it's not natural. So what this company, uh, they're called the Live Green Company. Um, what they focus on is really uh, refining and coming up with alternatives for the the quote unquote plant based alternatives. You know, so really cleaning up the label, reducing the amount of ingredients, really going back to really natural food, and finding types of food that are from our ancestors have used in order to heal themselves. So kind of re-engineering uh, kind of the, the fruit of food approach and the food formulation um, that a lot of people are really taking right now. So the company's out of Chile and I was down there doing um, really helping them uh, kind of refocus their operation, uh, make sure kind of their production facility is running correctly. And then just really getting to know the company a little bit more as we uh, launch in the U.S., so that's why I, that's why I was in Chile. That's cool, man. I've, I've I've never been there. I've been to Argentina. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but I've never been to Chile. I know they have great great food and they've got great great wine. <laughs> great wine, great wine. I mean, you get a great bottle of wine for under ten dollars. It's ridiculous. I brought about twelve bottles of wine with me back. Nice. I snuck it in somehow. So yeah. So man, I heard you say. And now I just want to. I heard you say, yeah, you know, you have these big companies that are producing. They say they're producing a quality, clean product, but they're really not. Right. So what, what are you seeing in like the, like the regulatory laws or policies in terms of like, how can, how can somebody claim that something is, yeah. is, is, but then have a bunch of toxic crap in it, right? That, 
well, that's that's the FDA for you. I mean, that's that's when people really think, um, you know, that the F, the government has you covered, the FDA has you covered, and it's like, oh, you can eat these things, these ingredients. They 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 really don't. One, they don't have that research enough to be like, okay, well, long term, this isn't going to be good for you. Um, and short term, yeah, it looks okay. We did some lab tests. You know, from then on, it's we're we're okay to use this ingredient. And then a couple of years later, you're here. Well, that ingredient actually caused some cancer to some people. Okay, so let's take that out. So it's always kind of been that push and pull with ingredients um, and how the government gets involved and whether they should be involved and and, and it restricts kind of the the progress of where food should be. You know, um, so that, that's kind of the 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 crux of it all. You know, like there there's there's a ton of ingredients out there that we shouldn't be consuming, but they're they're legal by the FDA um, because they're in doses because they're in small doses. You know, so I remember reading something about wood pulp being in McDonald's ice cream and McDonald's bread, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. that I'm like, how low do you have to go like a penny, <laughs> an extra couple pennies per per burger, you know, I'm yeah. like, it makes no sense. You're eating wood pulp. You're serving wood pulp to people. Exactly. And things also their chicken nuggets as well. The chicken nuggets don't have it hardly have any, any chicken meat in it. It's, it's, it's ligaments, it's bones. There's a lot of other things that are pulverized. So, you know, mm, I do. And I got three little guys. Yeah. They love that crap, man. They love it. <laughs> they love it. They love it. Yeah, exactly. So, you so you went from one country one continent to the next to the next now were you kind of doing similar things all over or were there some projects where you're like you know this is this is this is a project i want to tell you about this one's pretty cool like, um that, that was, you can because i know you're i don't want to you know you're doing business so i'm not asking for any yeah no no, proprietary no I, stuff like that nothing like that just you know yeah the other countries was was more kind of i did uh tasting um we had tasting experiences with with my clients so taking my clients products and really doing a, a tasting menu off that for a lot of the, the owners of um, the large conglomerate uh, food companies out there. So I can't really list who they are, but yeah, so I'm saying they're, they're multi-billion dollar companies, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to see how they, uh, they, they, they understood our formulation of, of how we do our food, uh, how the flavor profile is just as good, if not better than the things out there. And the last thing is like how easy it is to really come up with clean label products, you know, without stabilizers and preservatives and gums and everything else. So like it was very eye open for them. And also for me, it was very eye opening that a lot of these food, big, big food companies don't know what they're doing, don't know what these ingredients are. You know, they're, they're, they're manufacturing them, they're selling them and they're making billions of dollars, but they, do, they really don't know that they're really unhealthy for you. You know, so it's very surprising to see that um, coming from as a, as a chef kind of seeing, you know, going from working in very refined Michelin star restaurants and in other countries, in other cities as well. And people really don't know what they ingest and what they eat from a daily basis. I agree, man. I agree. <laughs> and yeah, you know, but you know about far more than I do, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you got going on uh, for the rest of them? You got anything you want to share with, with, uh, with the listeners that about what you got going on in the future, whether the rest of yeah. 2022 to, and going into 2023? Absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of the, the, um, 
you know, the, the clients that I work with, they're kind of in the, the plant-based side of things. So they're kind of generating the next sort of generation of food, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, I want to make sure that their, their ingredients are, are clean and make sure they taste good. For me, it's, it's my job is to make sure it's tasty. You know, that's, that's my job. Um, the other part of this is really introducing the plant medicine movement that's been happening for, for decades here in the U.S., um, when we're talking about psychedelics, when we're talking about cannabis, those are sorts of topics that have been taboo um, and sorts of topics that the, uh, when I mentioned the FDA earlier, um, they don't want to get involved, you know, because one, there's no money in it. <laughs> there's no money in it for them. Uh, pharmaceutical industry, obviously, is, they're going to naysay it um, because there's no money in it. Um, so there's a lot of other sorts of uh, movements that I've, you know, I've been helped to support. Um, even a lot of the chef friends of mine who are uh, actually have open companies that, to help um, generate uh, and produce healthy uh, cannabis infused uh, food um, and medicine for, for patients, uh, for people with anxiety, people dealing with cancer. Um, so I have a lot of people in that realm um, and I've been kind of part of those circles and looking to jump a little bit more um, and get involved and help to generate maybe the cleanest label infused sorts of food that's out there. So that's kind of what we're, what we're trying to plan and, and, and get things rolling soon. Now, are you doing that? I'm, I imagine you'd have to do that like state by state, you know, you're like, yes. the, so how, how is, have you, have you, how's that working out? Is it, is it kind of, and you know, some people think it's, it's, garbage because these different states have different laws mm -hmm. other people think that it's kind of nice because then you can kind of cater and customize so i don't know but what are your thoughts man yeah so from a business perspective it doesn't make sense for a business perspective the the uh if you were to tell me hey you could produce uh your own food but you can only do you can't scale it you just do it with one state well how can i make money yeah. So the risk perspective right now, it doesn't make any sense. You're burning money. It's like, there's no money in it, essentially, but this is a, pro this is a progression to, you know, to the goal, you know, so, which is to legalize cannabis, legalize plant medicine um, and everything else. So like, yes, we're, it, this is what everyone says, you know, at least the cannabis industry and psychedelics industry, it's in an infancy, you know, it's very early right now. So obviously it's a state to state fight. Um, it's a state to state sort of operation that you need to scale and license and everything else, but it's also really, really slow. And a lot of the administrative uh, bodies that are, um, in charge of regulating this, they still don't know what they're doing. They still don't know. Um, I have a friend of mine, uh, they have a, a, a great ice cream facility in Framingham, Massachusetts called Plant Jam. They do infused ice cream. Um, and they're mm -hmm. soon going to be doing, doing a fused ice cream for the medical industries, for medical marijuana and the whole thing. Um, so basically, uh, the, the health, the, the um, sorry, the food regulators in the state don't know anything about cannabis. And they're supposed to approve and, and oversee this and, and, and make sure things are all, all regulated properly. And the Cannabis Commission, they don't know anything about food. So how can you make up rules when no one knows the other side of it? Mm -hmm. um, and now what happens is these business owners are struggling to just stay afloat and wait for them to make a decision on a license, on an operation, on if they can do this you know, properly or if they could do this legally. 
and it's, it, it's really hurting a lot of business owners, um, especially, um, you know, chefs like myself and, and, and owners who are very supportive of what's happening in cannabis and they want to get their products out there. So it's a very detrimental sort of um, uh, time. Um, and it, it's just, it's going to, it's, it's very, it's hurting a lot of small businesses. So we're trying to, we're trying to really educate both sides. And I've been part of some of those conversations, but it, it's tough. It's really tough. Is this the main reason why you said that there's no money? What people are saying there's no money yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's not a, it's not a business. So it's not a business in which you can like launch day one, kind of that hockey, hockey uh, stick curve that every, <laughs> every investor wants to see is like day one. Yeah, and then all goes, of a sudden, here we go. no, no. <laughs> it's literally you're stagnant for a good couple months, maybe even a year, just burning money, just trying to get your license, just trying to get everything wrong, trying to get all these, you know, commission boards to be on board. And then once you get going, it, it's, it's a while, you know, so it, it's very difficult to, uh, for people to, to um, try to jump into the industry the proper way now without them having to burn so much millions of dollars without them having to be frustrated from the regulatory commissions that are been put upon them to, to, for them to work with, you know, so it is, it is a long haul um, from, from on paper, it's a long haul, but you know, you are a pioneer, you know, you are going to be one of those pioneers that were really early on the game and which is going to pay off down the road. I I totally believe it. So that's why I always commend these, these uh, business owners and these entrepreneurs and these chefs that are jumping in this, you know, right now. Right on, man. Right on. So, um, how is it going? Are, Are you doing anything with the psychedelics in the States? And here's why I ask, because I hear a lot of stuff with it for veterans and I'm a veteran. That's why I ask. Yeah. And this is where I'm like, I know that I hear, I see things on, on, on major platforms and I'm kind of like, Ooh, I, I, I'm, and here's when it comes to using it on veterans, it makes me go, uh, mm. I'm not so sure. Yep. But in terms of like medicine and, and food, like how are you guys approaching it there? I'm, I've been talking with some people in Canada there. They have a, they have annual conferences on this stuff. Yeah. I spoke with a lawyer, a guy named Robert Laurie. He's a cannabis and psychedelic medicine lawyer out of Canada. So it's, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing new, but it is still have a, it's got an even stronger stigma to it. Yeah. Cannabis. Exactly. So, you know, for, for, for me um, it's a, it's a point of right now, just educating myself just really meeting people, networking, seeing what they have to say. Um, I don't have any, I don't have a lab. I don't have kind of the background from a medical perspective on, on it. But for me, it's just really educating myself. It's really meeting the people who are really um, moving things forward, listening. Uh, even here attending New York City, there's a bunch of psychedelic events um, yeah, that you I mean, can attend. So like, you never know who you meet. You never knew, never know exactly what you can learn and, and everything else. And it's, that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, you know, down the road, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more, uh, we'll have the research, we'll have the knowledge, we'll have the, the, um, the right information in order to make a decision and how we want to treat ourselves through psychedelics or, or cannabis, you know? So, um, I mean, for me, I've, um, I've done some microdosing in the past and it's really helped me to kind of reset my mind a bit and just kind of relax and 
really think through things. Um, so I think a lot of people are, are actually, you know, diving into kind of that microdosing experience and seeing what that does to them. Um, and from what I've, my experience overall with, with psychedelics and cannabis and everything else, I think at the end of the day, what you find out is you have it all within yourself. You have with all within yourself to deal with what you have to deal with mentally, deal with your experience that you had. It's really up to you to, to put yourself there and, and improve yourself. Like, I think that's what a lot of people really realize at the end of the day is like, I had it all in myself. It was, it was all within me, you know, to do that. So I think that, you know, if, if psychedelics and cannabis is a, is a opportunity to help people get there, I think that's, that's a great way of, of going about it. I agree. I agree, man. I agree. You know, there's something, uh, there's something you said that I wanted to um, ask about. And when you was, when you're talking about the, uh, the folks on the regulatory side from mm-hmm. state to state, and, mm-hmm. and you're saying that these, these folks are putting into uh, committees or, or boards or bureaus or whatever it is for that state, and they don't have any background on it. Do you, because I'd imagine they'd have to tell you where they're getting their information from. Do they, do they tell you where they're getting their information from like sources? Like, you know they what I mean? They don't, they don't. For them, it's that always- That doesn't make sense to me. That makes it, absolute no sense to me. That's, and I, and I did planning. I did planning for the military. So right, right. planning, you know, planning's a big deal. So when you're talking about yep. government and you're rolling out a huge thing mm-hmm. after a hundred years of prohibition, it kind of blows my mind to hear you say that. <laughs> no, because a lot of, again, so if you're coming from the food world, right? So there's a lot of things that you don't know about cannabis, especially the regulatory, you know, boards and all that stuff. They don't know. They haven't experienced it. They haven't. They're like, wow, this now we have marijuana we have to deal with. So how, let's be really strict on this. Let's, you know. And then coming from the cannabis perspective, the Cannabis Control Commission, they're like, okay, well, now we have to be very careful on the food. What sort of food are you guys doing? Is it pasteurized? You know, what does that do? What does that change? How long does it take? Like, it, it's always a hurry up and wait situation with these commissions. So it's like, well, when you need your licenses or you can't, you can't operate, you can't even do anything, you can't walk in the room. Okay, we, okay, great, we have it. Now, well, well, now we have to look at your dosing and you got to wait for us to get back to you. So like, it's always, it's always a hurry up and wait situation while you're bleeding money, while you're trying to get everything rolling. Um, and, and it's very, it's very tough. And the thing is like, when these sorts of industries really overlap, that's always going to be the song and dance. Um, and it's going to get a lot more uh, intense, a lot more stressful um i just know business owners that have been fully stressed when they're kind of in that environment because you know they're 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 losing a lot of money every day and no one's talking to each other no one none of the commission boards are talking to each other no one really knows anything it's kind of like well they made this rule but they don't know why they made this rule so that's the that's some of the issue that's that's happening there that yeah I understand. I mean, I, I hear something similar. You know it far better than I do because you, right. you're you're living it. Uh, yeah. I'm just talking with people who who live it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do understand entrepreneurship. Um, I, I get some of that. But it, when it, and I understand regulation and and I understand government and policy making and stuff like that. And yeah. I understand how that can be slow. And one way, um, one way that many people describe the process of of doing that is watching sausage being made. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so 
I heard you start to, uh, when we were talking about the, right before I asked you this last question, it was, um, you're saying, you know, that if, if you think that uh, something like cannabis or plant medicine could help you. Yeah. I agree. And with that, we're going to transition to the second half of our conversation here. Sure. And that is to the belief system side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I know, I know we we're working a little bit uh, with a limited time schedule, so I'm trying to keep us moving along here. Okay? No worries, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right. So, so were you raised with any type of belief system or, or lack or no faith or, or philosophy or worldview or religion yeah. or whatever you want to call it? Well, how, Absolutely. How it? Yeah. So for me, I'm first generation American. My parents from, were from Ecuador and Colombia. Okay. So I grew up in a, in a Catholic household. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah. And in a very Latino. You're smiling. You're smiling. Nobody else can see that because you said, when I grew, so, so here's what I, there, I grew up there. So therefore, <laughs> so therefore, yeah. I'm Catholic. And, and they do have a huge footprint in Latin America, in Central oh. South America. They do. Sorry, Absolutely. Ahead, yeah. So that, so exactly. That was kind of the environment I, I kind of grew up in, but not in a very strict environment, which is like, well, you got to go to church every Sunday. It was kind of like, that's what our family did. And it was even with the, the friends that I had, um, the friends, the people that I made friends with, especially early on, you know, they kind of had this, you know, same kind of beliefs and all that stuff. And it was great. It was, it was a way for us to kind of come together and, and, um, have holidays together and, and everything else and have somewhat of a, of a belief system, you know, even though like you can't believe all of it. Um, uh, but it's, it's something that, you know, you have a belief system and you have something that brings your family together. I think that's what, those are the two things that are really attractive to religion for a lot of people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you grew up Catholic and, and that when you grew up, you said you grew up in New Jersey, right? New Jersey. Yep. Okay. And, um, how what i'm guessing you've changed since then right uh in what way in what you and how you view and we can say how you view the world or or how you view let's 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 do this actually man i'll tell you what let's do this because we're jumping around the questions a little bit let's do this though what do you think about this world man and the in the existence of the universe and all of it is is it there is in all the life in it is it the result of a series of accidents or could there be an intelligent designer behind this complex thing i think i don't know about a complex designer or if it's an accident but what i do believe is like is the is being grateful to be alive and be on this on this planet right so i'll I'll start there so whether it be someone who creates us or it's been created for us um i don't know but what i do know is you know we have to make the most of the time that we have here uh, we need to make the time, we need to really better ourselves every day. Um, I don't think it's a series of, series of accidents. I think we're in control of our destiny. We're in control of what we do and how we treat each other and, and everything else. And we have one opportunity to do it right. So uh, for me, the way my faith has changed, um, it's less on a, from a Catholic perspective. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't go to church as much anymore, um, but I'm around my family a lot. I'm around the, the central world of me, of my family, my loved ones and all that stuff. And I spend a lot of time, even with the travel, I make so much time to be with them as much as I can. And I try to make time to better myself, make try, time for me to, to learn and to be a better person um, and to push myself from a career perspective, you know? So 
I'm making the most of my time here. I don't know when that's going to expire, but I'm making the most of my time here. I think for, for me and my successes and even my failures, it wasn't by accident. I made my own luck. I made my own path. And that's kind of where I'm at. And that's kind of the mentality of me like every single day, whether it is other people, maybe it's, you know, my dad passed away about six years ago. Maybe it's him over, or, you know, push me along or anything like that's always good to think about that it's good always good to have loved ones that are with you and have passed and hopefully they'll give you some faith but you know and and not but and um it's just it, it, it makes me it makes me want to also keep pushing myself also kind of see what else I can bring to the world and to my loved ones and who I can meet and who I can influence and all those things like that's what kind of drives me every day. That's, that's my faith, if you will. It's not a, from religion perspective, but more of like, that's what I strive to do and to be every single day as, as long as I'm long, as long as I'm alive. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. So I kind of, I think you may, I'm, I kind of sounds like you might believe in life after this life, but what do you think? Is there, you believe in their life after this life? Maybe. I, I, I believe, I believe in that we each have our own we have our own unique souls and our souls go into maybe another sort of form in a in a in your next life you know i I don't believe that if you're bad here or you're good here then you're gonna be bad or worse in the next life i think each one is completely different um i think your soul goes somewhere and wherever it goes after that it's all learning experience. It's all part of what your what that life is going to be. And again, you have the control of making it the most that you can. So that's why it's like, I don't, I, I believe inherently like everyone is, wants to be a good person. Right. And it's not always possible to be that good person. So, you know, you know, as, as this life ends and, and everything else, you might have an opportunity down the road, but still I, I wouldn't waste it you know, on what we have now. So I believe in souls more than anything else versus like, okay, there's going to be a, 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 a decision on, on what happens after you, after this, after this life. I don't, um, I just, you know, I'm excited to be in this one for now. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, so after hearing that answer, I'm going to ask it anyway, but you may, sure. but could you, I, I kind of, what do you think? If you, whenever, whenever anybody dies, you think there's any, some type of payment due upon death? And, and I don't mean like, like a pun, but you, cause I'm, I'm kind of going, I'm thinking of what you said and, and how you said, yeah, yeah, it's like a learning experience. And you said, and you're talking about, you know, I heard you just like basically saying, don't put off the things that you know you feel inside you should right. be doing, right. working on and, and pointing your feet in those directions. Yeah. Don't wait too long to do that because mm-hmm. time is finite which means life is finite of course so what do you think man yeah. payment have to do upon death for any anything i don't know no i i think i think they they we've been we've gotten the opportunity i think that having being alive is an opportunity i think there shouldn't be any payment or any whatever you you you've been given the opportunity i think we should be grateful there you know uh, more than anything else, I'd, I, I'd, I'd rather, to me, I'm, I'm the type of person that like, I sometimes get embarrassed when someone like commends me, 
you know, or says something very nice and like, oh, come on, you know, like, but payment, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really think that we should expect payment or, or debit or anything like that at the end. I, I mean, I mean like if we had to pay, like, was there a payment? Uh, did like when people die, <clears throat> Yeah. Mm-hmm. do you believe that there's a payment that that soul has to make upon due upon death? You know what I mean? And I'm kind of, mm. and I'll kind of, I'll kind of frame it like this, like the Catholic, you know, you have the Catholic at the heaven, the hell, yeah. the purgatory in the middle. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, has, has, cause I don't get the purgatory as far as, I mean, I'm Catholic Catholicism is the one that really yeah. put that in place. I don't, I don't believe in it. I don't, I don't see anything in the scriptures that say, yeah. And then you go to a holding place for a little while. And <laughs> then we, right. then we figure out what we're going to do with you. You know, I don't see any of that. So uh, I'm just curious, like how, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, no, or, I, I don't. Go, go ahead, ahead, man. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that really happening. I, I see as if there, if once there's an end to this life, I believe that your, your soul goes somewhere uh, to a next life or next being or whatever it is. And that's it. It, okay. it, it just ends. And it know? moves on. And it moves on. We had our chance. So that's, 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 that's how I would say. All right. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you've got, uh, you've got a really unique background too. And, Mm -hmm. and the startups that you did and now the, I want to, there's, because I realized there was something I didn't hit on, but you may have talked about it, but I may not have picked up on all of it. It's the sure. the, the food tech, right? Now, when you say mm-hmm. tech, what kind of tech are you talking about? Like, what, yeah. what are you thinking of? So food tech is such a ve- very general term. It might seem very like, what does this mean? Uh, but it's literally food tech could be anything like I have a, a, a database that stores all your nutritional information for food. Ah, okay. That's food tech. Or you could say food tech is, um, well, I'm, you know, formulating these ingredients for these companies and it's food related, but I'm using uh, data from some other, you know, some other source to to produce these, you know, so there's an element of technology and there's element of food. And that's really it. And also Uber Eats and Grubhub, that's food tech too, you know? So it's because it just involves food and there's a tech platform. That's all it is. So it's a very general statement. So it could be a lot of different things. All right. I kind of thought that was what it was, but there's a lot of transhumanism yeah. starting to creep into this world, man. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe that transhumanism stuff, maybe, you know, maybe food will be one of the ways that it's ingested. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be kind of weird. So yeah. I thought I'd ask just checking out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a very general term. It can mean a lot of different things. Um, but like crypto, crypto means a lot of different things. It's, just, know, yeah. it's just a very popular term. Well, not as popular right now, but um, but yeah, things like that. Right on, man. Right on. All right, Mario. I know I asked you if you had if you want to go over anything um, that you got coming up in the next year or two or something like yeah. that. But if there's anything you want to tell people before we close out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think um, when we talk about food, um, I think people really need to kind of educate themselves and understand what's on what's on their labels what ingredients they're ingesting what sort of diets they're they're taking on and everything else also understand your long-term effects of your health and how important that is 
Um, a lot of times we ingest things that it's, it's, it, it results in another negative thing. So let me give you an example. So let's say you have a very heavy meat diet. You have, you know, a steak and potato, you kind of steak and potato, potatoes kind of guy, you do your pancakes in the morning or, you know, bagel in the morning and everything else. All that food is, is very, it's, it spikes your glucose levels. It really brings you on a roller coaster ride um, all day. So what do you do? You drink coffee. Great. You have coffee in the morning and, and it gets you going. Now, what coffee does is it gives you anxiety, a lot of people anxiety. It gets um, um, not as focused as they need to. And they drink so much that you'll need more coffee. So now you develop an anxiety uh, you know, mentality. You, you eat, you don't eat well. Um, you eat a lot of meat and, and things and, and animals, and then you're on a roller coaster ride with, with like, with coffee. So there's always, and then, oh, and alcohol. So then alcohol is part of this picture too. So that's a depressant. Um, and you're putting yourself, your whole body in a roller coaster ride. And people do this every day, every week. That's everyone's diet. That's most people's diet. If we take a step back and really understand, okay, do I need to drink coffee? Um, do I need to, you know, eat, uh, animals? Uh, do I need to, at least to the degree that a lot of Americans do eat, do I need that burger? Do I need to drink every weekend? Um, all those sorts of things are, 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 it's, it's kind of a formula for people getting long-term heart disease, uh, long-term, you know, men mental anxiety as well. Um, and people don't really take a look at that, you know, and th this all comes from the ingredients that we're ingesting. This all comes at every, everyone's body is very different. And we, sh a lot of us shouldn't be having those diets or that sort of eating habit, you know, period. So, I mean, I would implore everyone to really take a look at how they, what their diet is and how much coffee they ingest or how much alcohol they, they drink. And really maybe take a step back and, and take a pause for a lot of those things and see how that, how your body reacts and how it is. Maybe you don't need that medication. Maybe you don't need, um, you know, two cups of coffee every morning. You know, maybe you don't have to be as anxious as you need to, as you are. Um, maybe you don't, don't need to be as hungover as you are uh, every weekend. So those are the things that I, I, I want people to really take a look at. And with, with the work that I'm, I'm trying to do in the food world and even in the cannabis world, I want people to live better lives and I want them to really think through their diets properly and, and find solutions to, um, to using, you know, over the counter medicine or anything like that. Dig into plant medicine a lot more, educate yourself on those things, educate yourself on what you're ingesting in your body every day and, and exercise. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a simple, simple thing. You know, it's, you'll be surprised. A lot of people would be surprised how li their lives will change if they really kind of uh, make those initiatives in their life and kind of see where it goes. Um, I think we could really cure ourselves, you know, solely from our food and from our plants. That's all we need. Um, so I, I'm excited to be a part of the network um, of people that are doing this, whether they're chefs, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're uh, people who just want to be involved and are advocates for all these things. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. That's, um, that's, that's exactly what, 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 um, what excites me more than anything. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah.
Mm-hmm. And you got you got some travels coming up in the future. You know, I'm guessing because you, you said you're not you're not done traveling, right? Yeah, no, no. So I'll, I'll be up in Boston a lot. I have my clients up there. So uh, nothing internationally, but there's also um, a couple of clients that we have in Mexico. Um, you know, who are also looking at plant um, both plant medicine and, and plant based food. Um, and you know, you never know where, 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 where it's, it's going to take me and, and everything else, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be in and out of the, the, the city for sure. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. Well, this is our special, this are our, this is our special guest, the founder of bootleg avocado, Mario Rodriguez. You can find him. Where can we find you, Mario? Where can we, where can we, how can folks find you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, bootlegavocado.com is a website. You can email, email me directly, Mario, M-A-R-I-O, at bootlegavocado.com. Um, those are the quick ways of finding me, even though I'm somewhere in the world. At some yeah, point. You're, on, you're on some platforms. You're on... Yeah, Instagram, bootlegavocado, uh, Twitter, all those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, just uh, reach out if you have any questions or anyone I should meet or talk to. More than happy to help. Right on. Thank you very much, Mario. It was cool. I know. I wish we had more time, but I, and, and I'm thankful for this hour we got. This yeah. is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host and our special guest, the Mario Rodriguez of the Bootleg Avocado. I still think that's a cool name, man. <laughs> Thanks, Miguel. Avocado. That's yeah. cool. Thank you all very much. Love you. <laughs>